You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ plus adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor, and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with some returning guests. Aaron and Adam were on their way to panel last time we spoke, and they're joining us today for an update. Hi, both of you. Hi, Tor. Thanks for having us back. See you again. Yeah. So last time we spoke, you were about to go to panel. So I guess we better start with the news. How was it and were you approved? Go on, go on, Adam. No, I was going to let you go first. Um, Do you know what? It was one of those things that was so much better than we expected it to be. It was slightly tense in the run up to it. We had to um, organise a special place in a hotel because I was in the middle of an event. So it's a bit like, what are we doing but it was brilliant. Everything worked. Everyone was so nice on it. And it was good to do this Zoom where you could see everybody. Everybody introduced each other. And it, it basically turned out that most people would have like two questions for you based on all the information that you're given. And they were pretty, you know, it was kind of what we expected more than more than anything. I don't think there was any massive surprises in there. And I pretty much enjoyed doing it. I don't know if you felt exactly the same, Aaron. I mean, first of all, I remember before when we were waiting, it was like, we were both like, I feel like I'm going to be sick. And it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be sick as well. (laughs) And it's like, no, just calm down, calm down. But yeah, when it started, you know, all the faces came on and the the, the sort of main person introduced herself. She was so lovely. They were all lovely, actually. Of course, you know, we still wanted to be our perform our best so you know your your heart on high alert but as Adam said you know most of the questions were okay I think there was one or two challenging ones as I always like to do I, I made them laugh they, they were they were asking us about um how we'd feel maybe looking a little bit older than maybe some young parents going to pick <laughs> up our child from school and I I, I have I just pointed out that actually although I might be older, I don't look it, but Adam does. So <laughs> he's the one who's going to have that problem, not me. But, Outrageous. <laughs> but I mean, we were so, so excited when we could finally got the, got the result back. It was obviously nerve-wracking waiting. So they put you in a waiting room, virtual waiting room, while they discuss it. And they said it was unanimous and uh, they, they thought we were going to be really great. And it was just it was just so lovely to hear. And we sort of went out and sort of celebrated, got some cufflinks. So it was really nice. I actually don't, re- I don't really remember so much, but I, I believe it was quite a quick turnaround as well when they came back to us. I don't remember waiting for that long. I know it was painstakingly difficult, but... It was good, and our social worker was there with us, and you know, it was um, it was actually quite a, a pleasurable experience. And you're you're never going to get over that moment where you're approved. That's really lovely. So, congratulations, first of all, I guess. Well done, well done for surviving it, and congratulations. Um, so now you're on to family finding. How long ago was your panel? February. Okay, so we're sort of six months down the line from that. And I know that at the moment there's a lot of people family finding um, because the numbers of children have been lower, although it looks like that's changing again now. Uh, So we'll see if if those long waits remain. It looks like they might not remain. But can you tell me about the early days after panel, how you were doing and how patient you were feeling, I guess? Yeah, I'll go first. I mean, I think that the first thing was that... um... 
so we we actually switched to social workers at that point. Um, so we didn't really have a established relationship with our new social worker. Our first call after we'd been approved, she basically said, oh, you're probably not going to find a child for ages. And it was all like doom and gloom. And it was just like, we literally finished the call and it was like, oh, Oh, I, I don't feel so great about all of this now. It just she just made it seem like you know this might not even ever happen. So I think we were. I, I have to confess, no, being honest, I felt we felt a bit like in no man's land. It was kind of like, well, where, what do we? Where do we go now? You know, is this we just sort of sit and wait? Um, you know, we sort of carried on reading and trying to sort of go to um sessions with you guys as well but it was almost like no one was really catering for that dead space that we were in at that point um it it did feel a bit lonely at times yeah i think we really felt like um it was a little bit of a shock i think it sort of it had been like full speed ahead into uh panel the you know being approved and then sort of coming out the other side of it go oh what's going to be next and you know this one call with a you know we felt like we were waiting for ages then the call with the social worker then to be told there was going to be no children available uh and then we joined a group session with other waiting adopters thinking oh this is going to be interesting and see let's see how this goes and we all went round saying, you know, how long we've been waiting. And it was just like, oh, my God, there's couples on here have been waiting for like two and a half years. And just like, that just wasn't what we expected at all. And I don't think that ever gets said in advance. And it's one of the things you need to prepare yourself for. And certainly two and a half years is very long. You know, there are people who've been waiting that long. But, yeah, that must have been really hard to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say... You know, we, it wasn't that we were expecting to suddenly have a child, you know, within the next week or anything. You know, we've got friends who adopted and, you know, we knew it would take some time. But I think it was just that it was the way it was all kind of positioned with us. It it, it felt very sort of um, uh, doom and gloom. Yeah, it sounds like it. So what was the first moment that there was some hope that there was a child or the first child that you saw or bit of interest? How did that look? Interestingly, and I think this was one of the issues that we had from that switch over from panel into family finding, is that I, th- I feel like somebody had mentioned at some point, oh, there might be a child, hopefully you'll get approved and um, we'll send you the details. And then, of course, there was nothing. And uh, then we've got some specific parameters that we want to work towards in terms of the type of child that we're looking for. Oh, just before you go on with that, so can you tell me a bit about what your criteria were? Because I guess what's in the back of my mind is whether when people are waiting a very long time, whether you feel that you're having to flex your criteria more than you instinctively wanted to. So can you say a bit about your criteria and also that emotional response to should you flex it or not? So um, we're looking for a child between two and five you know we've always sort of said we're sort of more focusing more on boys because we felt like we knew more about boys having gone through it ourselves and you know we're both going to continue working so there are certain challenges 
that children might have which we won't be able to to deal with so you know we've been always been quite upfront about with our social worker about what things we felt we couldn't deal with and actually probably that was one of the the best bits of advice that we got from friends um and and people we know who have been through the process was to really stick to your guns about what you can and can't take on were we thinking about being more flexible with our guidelines um yeah we did we actually talked about it and we kind of also reminded ourselves that there was a reason why we were kind of saying you know this is what we can take on and this is what we can't so i think i think we sort of flexed it in the sense of within uh acceptable sort of realms and and i think one of the biggies was you know let's start you know seriously considering girls as well um because we would love to dress not that you have to dress up girls in little princess outfits but she would probably be forced to with us um at least initially and she can till she can say i don't like that um so yeah you know we, we would we'd love to do all of that but yeah otherwise we kind of stuck to our guns pretty much yeah i mean actually that was one of the interesting things about the stay and play is you know we were very focused on you know that it would be a boy that we adopted but there that was the first time we sort of like sat around and played and there was a little girl there who was uh, adorable I'm like oh maybe we should start thinking uh, that a, a girl might be possible as well um, so that was interesting yeah I was gonna say um, one of the things I think did feel a little awkward was I mean obviously our social worker knew what our, our, our criteria was but kept suggesting children that clearly didn't meet that criteria and and there were points where it was like is is she trying to tell us that we should be thinking sort of beyond that or not and it it was hard to kind of keep push keep pushing back but yeah the stay and play was interesting it was great to meet all the other social workers and family finder teams and also to hear about what they thought about us but yeah i remember the first time we we uh got presented with a child who we actually thought could be a possibility and although I know I shouldn't have done it I started calling so we have a room that's already sort of prepared um I started calling it <laughs> yeah dangerous at that stage and I knew I kept saying oh I know I shouldn't be doing this and and then when we, I mean we didn't even really get a look in I said uh, I said um I said I really shouldn't calling it by his name it felt really it was really difficult to sort of accept that actually we weren't even going to be considered much less um you know anything else. yes it sounds like that was quite a harsh lesson in terms of that mentally committing to one specific child before that child's been committed to you I guess so yeah I, but I understand the emotional need to do it uh yeah Adam yeah, I mean, that's one of the most difficult things that you have to do because, of course, you're asked to look at these children. You're asked to think about taking this child into your life. You have to think about it. You've got to think about it seriously. You've got to start picturing whether that child's going to fit in your life. And it's not just a nameless child. You know, it is a child with a name. You've seen a picture and you have to start thinking about, oh, would this work for us? Am I going to feel comfortable with this? So you do spend some time actually thinking about that specific child. Uh, You have to. You've got to give yourself emotionally to it a little bit. Otherwise, you're trying to connect to something like a robot and that's never going to work. 
Yeah, I agree. It's a really conflicting instruction, isn't it? You're told, you know, commit to this child, think about this child, not too much, but do think about it. Now write about it, but not too much. It's like, wow, okay, so you're walking this line of, um, this sort of line of imagination, I suppose, where you are required to think, could I parent this child? Could I love this child for its whole life? And then all of a sudden they say, no, no, you're not in the running for that child. It's, It's a roller coaster. Have there been points when it's got to you? I think, you know, what we, we've done what we always do, which is uh, talk to each other about things, about how we're feeling and sort of supported each other through it. So I think we've managed to kind of um, keep ourselves positive. I, I think, you know, actually sort of thinking about it, I think there was even a point where I started telling myself that if it didn't happen, you know, it didn't really matter and you know, maybe even sort of thinking about the holidays we might go on that we were probably not thinking about previously and almost trying to reset into, okay, it's probably not going to happen or or it might take a year or more and, you know, let's just wait and when it happens, it happens kind of thing, which wasn't really what I wanted, the way I wanted to feel, but it felt like it was maybe a more realistic way to react. I get that. But I think it's like if somebody could say to you, it will not be for the next 12 months, then you could enjoy the next 12 months. But it might not be for the next 12 months. And it might be in the next 12 hours or the next 12 minutes or the next 12 days or in six months. And I think that's inability to rule out any time period. You know, you can't book a holiday for two months time because you might become parents in two months time. So you end up in this real limbo of your life is sort of put on pause for an indefinite period. And nobody can even say to you, rule it out for the next little while because it it doesn't work that way. Yeah, we definitely experienced that to some degree. And, um, but you know, I had friends who had adopted that it had happened very quickly for. So um, I sort of planned it in that way, you know, in my own head, it says that, oh, it could happen at any moment. So, it, yeah, that was always part of my thinking. Uh, but th- because of that, it is then a bit of a surprise when it does drag on and, you know, it takes a lot longer than you do expect it to. Yeah, I can understand that completely. So that very initial um, exploring that child in your own mind and sort of starting to think about them being in that room and then having to pull back from that. What was the next time that there was a specific child in the running? So um, I'll jump in with this one. So um, it was when uh, we, we, so we kind of missed our initial sort of three month point where we were allowed to go into Linkmaker and it kind of passed and we were like, oh, wait a minute, shouldn't we be on Linkmaker? So we, we got all that sort of set up and then we didn't really, we sort of set up a bit of a profile and then we sort of started adding to it. But anyway, we kind of, we were on there um, and it was like, okay, now, now what? And what we hadn't realised was the possibility, or I don't think we'd even entered our minds, the possibility that someone <laughs> might find us, which is exactly what happened. We, I got this message um, and I sort of looked at it and I was like, uh, has our social worker recommended this job? Because that's what we're used to. Um, and it was, it was, I kept reading it and I was like, no, it looks like someone's found <laughs> us and they're suggesting us for this child. And it was like, how exciting is that? It's like someone's been swearing <laughs> enough. You know what it reminds me of? My friend is a straight guy on a straight dating website at the moment. And the other day he was like, a woman messaged me herself first. And I was like, wow. And he's like, this never happens. So it sounds like it's the link maker equivalent of they messaged you first. <laughs> 
Absolutely, without a doubt. So we, we were both very excited, but I think then we were like, what do we do now? Um, so we, we obviously read, read the child's profile and we sort of highlighted some areas that we had questions about. Um, we reached out to our network. I mean, our, our network has already started kicking and I can see how it's going to continue kicking in. In fact, one, one particular friend, I was like, you do realise that once we adopt, we're going to be talking to you even more often <laughs> than we are now. And uh, us, we had a call with our social worker as well who went through points. So we wrote a reply, super nervous about writing the reply. Am I saying the right things in the right way? And they replied and said, oh, thank you for the reply. That was all very insightful. And <laughs> my planning works again. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, we were like, okay, now what? And there was a lot of, and now what? And how long? And we actually went within the space of, I think it was about a week from that the family finder expressing an interest in us to us being narrowed down to the final two. And it was kind of like, okay, that was fast. And now we're, they're trying to arrange a visit and kind of go from there. Gosh, so you're down to the last two for a specific child. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, fingers crossed. So when are you hoping that might move forward? Yes, we are. Um, Adam, I'll let you speak in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we suddenly thought, well, we haven't really looked properly at Linkmaker yet. And how do we know there isn't another child that would be a better fit for us and vice versa? You know, the child would be better off with us. So we did a big search and we actually identified two potential children. And we've one of them that we expressed an interest in that his family finder has come back to ask us for more information for our par. But we don't we haven't got much further than that at the moment. So we're not quite sure where we go next with in terms of one being so far progressed and one not. Our social workers sort of been saying to us, um, well, she's kind of been suggesting that we shouldn't be progressing or having conversations about a, a second child when you know we're, we've already been put forward for one so that's a, that's a little difficult but Adam I don't know if you want to say a few words uh yeah I was just trying to think where I was going to go with that yeah and so you were asking about timeline weren't you in terms of when might that happen how fast is it moving uh, and and that's all part of the questions that you have to think about in terms of the child's location how are we going to do these meetings how are bump into's going to work if we get that far uh, and then what is the planning around their transition to uh, the new family um how is that exactly going to work would you consider holding on a little bit so that it works into a new school term so it's less disruptive and how is all of that going to work so these are all the questions that we now want to ask as part of the meeting uh next week because you you know, we we don't know how fast it's going to happen, and you you do want to happen, do want it to happen in a way that is least disruptive to the child. Yeah, absolutely. And so, have you seen all the paperwork for that child? You've seen the child's permanence report and things like that. 
Yes. So, so yeah. on paper this works, but you've not yet had that social worker meeting to thrash it all out. Yeah, correct. So, you know, and find out the the real deep details and how old the information is and, you know, are there any updates? You know, is there any more nuggets that you can give us? Yeah. And at the meantime, you've got this parallel track running where you've expressed interest in another child and been told off for doing that. <laughs> Yeah. So you're on the naughty yeah. step. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we weren't even sure whether that was the was normal. So, you know, we, we were sort of told to sort of look at a, a few. But I think once one starts, I'm not quite sure how that all works. So, you know, so we are still finding out things as we go along. You just don't know. Absolutely. And honestly, I think in another circumstance, somebody might have been fine with you doing that. I think it's a bit of a guessing game, really. OK, so, I mean, that could move quite quickly, couldn't it? I guess they'll be coming out to see you in the next couple of weeks or something to yep. try and have those they conversations. Wow. So life could be about to change or maybe not. And so you're back in this limbo again. And and I think that that is the key. It, it, you know, we're even closer now, but yet we could still be so far away. And honestly, it's been such an emotional roller coaster. Um, this one particular friend of mine, I've been on the phone several times saying, but what if we can't, we're not good enough to, to, to give, um, this child the support he needs because, you know, as with every child, he has some challenges and he needs, he has certain needs. And the last thing we'd want to do is not provide that. Of course, you can't be perfect. I know that, but honestly I was just like but but do do I really know how to handle that you know okay we've read stuff in a book but it's a book it's like that's not reality you know what happens when he comes here and this particular child has moved around a lot and he's clearly not going to be happy when he has to move again no matter how lovely we think we are and I don't know you know in my mind, I could write or I could write on a piece of paper what I think it might what might happen like bullet points. But real life is going to be a different kettle of fish. And it's it's quite scary to think it could actually happen. And we have to give him we can't we can't sort of back out. We have to give him every ounce of support that we can and hope that it's the best. But, yeah, it's scary. That's the thing, isn't it? When you're reading all the information, it's just like you get to know so much or you have to take on board so much about partially what they've been through, although sometimes that's slightly skimmed around the edges because often or not, they don't know the exact details um, of what the child's been through. But, you know, the instability of, you know, their life. Uh, and so you don't want to get into a situation where, you know, you can't provide what they want. And so you are qu- questioning that all the time. It's just like, you know, this has got to work and it's got to work well. We have to be the right people. So you've got to think about that, you know, really hard uh, and make that a priority of your thoughts, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do remember. Um, so Adam read like the the medical report and some of the more detailed stuff first. And and I remember it was almost walked into the room when he was halfway through and he was in tears. And he said, this is just really hard to read. Uh, so there, there is very much that that side of it, you know, when you, you know, you know that all these children have been through, had a tough time. But, you know, reading it on a piece of paper it is different kettle of fish. And 
you know, you want to just sort of wrap your arms around them all and say, come and live with us. We'll look after you. Yeah, I remember that. I remember reading some stuff that was really horrifying and almost not knowing how to process that, not knowing how you would begin to make a space where, do you know what? My brain almost went to where you could help to make that better. And that's such rubbish, isn't it? Because actually that's what we're all cautioned against thinking is that we'll love this better. But I think human being to tiny human being, you you want to pick them up and make it better. And I think we're wired that way to want to hold them and put a plaster on it and make it okay. And I don't think it, I don't think it works like that, but I think that instinct is really well meant. Yeah, absolutely. When I think back, I, I try to imagine because, you know, I grew up in my birth family. So I've never had that experience of losing everything at once, you know, and sort of try to imagine even if as an adult, you went home from work one day and you were told that you were moving and you were leaving your house and you were leaving the people that you lived with and you're leaving all of your friends and you were going away and never coming back and you weren't going back to the same workplace and all the same friends, all the same family, all the same bed or the same anything the only things you could take are the things you can carry and the thought of being displaced in that way would be it would just turn your whole world upside down and then I think once the child lands in the adoptive family lots of people want that child to be fine really quickly like fine within two weeks within four weeks within four months it's fine now and I just wonder, honestly, even as an adult, how long it would take us to get over an unexpected thing like that. And I, I don't know that it would be fast. I think it would be a very slow process of wondering, was that going to happen again? Was this the place that you landed? Do you have any control over what happens next? And I don't know, just just running that through my mind, I can't really begin to imagine once you then get to a young child, how they process that sort of thing. So it's huge, some of this stuff. Yeah, and uh, absolutely. And um I think, you know, the other thing was, you know, of course, we will do our best to provide him with the support um, he needs to to deal with the challenges he's been through. But, you know, then I was sort of sitting there thinking, but how long is it going to take, which is a stupid question to ask. But, you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. It was just it was just really hard to kind of the reality of it was just really hard to sort of think. Okay, so I'm going to take six months off, and then Adam's going to take six months off. But that's that's a just a year. It's like you know he he he's not going to get over everything in a year. You know what happens when we're back at work, and you know when real life kind of kicks in again. And I I don't know. It, it was just as I said you know before. It was just all very kind of quite scary and overwhelming. You know, and 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 I remind it reminded me of new parents with their newborn children sort of saying but I don't know how to do this no one's taught me how to do this and you know I guess it's that same scenario you know there were no guarantees there's there's no book that's gonna be that's been written for our child and we're just gonna have to navigate that path when it happens yeah and I think you have to have confidence in the fact that the child having stability is actually in itself a massively protective factor and so even if, you know, we're all a bit crap as parents, we're all doing our best, but we are all a bit crap at the edges, you know, even even doing our best, it does cave in on some days and go wrong and we make mistakes and stuff like that. But the very fact of stability and permanence is really protective. 
and therefore that child's life, the, that child's life chances will improve by that alone. And then everything else that you do to try to contribute to that by being focused on the child and aware of their needs and meeting them where they are and, and all of that sort of stuff, all of that adds to those life chances. And so, yeah, I think that naive concept that I had myself and that I think we all have, if I will love this better, I think that does disappear and we have to realise it isn't as simple as that. But actually just by doing this at all, those life chances have increased dramatically and, and that's a really good thing in itself. Yeah, very much so. So one of the things that has come back into play, which has been quite interesting, as we've sort of been reading through various details about, I think, sort of both children really, was us two and anyone that's listened to our previous um, podcast, you know, the, the differences that we bring to the table. And we were sort of saying, oh, you know, Adam, you'll be able to sort of be able to help with that sort of more on that space and you know when they talk about you know stability and guidelines and you know ground rules that kind of side side of it is like well that that would be me and it was interesting to sort of say okay you know what there are you know we've got some skills some valuable skills I think is the bottom line yeah which was was nice and I guess part of that understanding of what we bring to the table was due to what we went through in, in the, the before panel with our social worker, creating our par, exploring what we've been through, you know, all of that comes into play to say, you know, you've, you've got a bit of your guidebook about what you've got. Um, it's your par and everything you discussed. And yeah, it, it was nice. Yeah, we wouldn't have got this far if we hadn't have gone through that uh that process and then somebody at the other end had gone yes you're okay <laughs> that, yeah and and what a nice thing and you know your child is out there and it might be this one or it might be the other one that you've expressed an interest in or it might be a different one altogether but there is one out there and the second you've got them you need to be back on this podcast telling us all about what it's actually like <laughs> <laughs> if we have time <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully that won't be too long if you're not too sick of us yet. I, of course not. No, as soon as as soon as you're here, I'd love to hear from you and uh, and we'll go from there and drag you back on because it'd be really nice to do a sort of early days one as well because, I mean, anyone who listens to this knows that I lost the plot in the early days. You might be way more stable than I was. Um, but, you know, either way, it'd be dead nice to hear from you and just hear how it's going, you know, so if you'd be happy to. It's going to be very interesting to get to that stage and think, okay, we could actually do a podcast in the middle of these early days. But you know. <laughs> we don't mind chaos podcasts. Uh, I just wanted to check something before we do disappear. But are you up for for babysitting? <laughs> Can we put you on the list? <laughs> you take my three, and I'll take your one, and we'll see. How we'll... <laughs> my three are easy, actually. If you plug them into the internet, they're happy now, so that's absolutely fine. So. Yeah, one of them only seems to eat Greg's sausage rolls at the moment. So I don't know whether I'm proud of that or disappointed. Um, <laughs> Works both ways. But yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming back and talking to us. It's lovely. And um, really would love to hear from you, even if it's very soon. I hope it is for, you know, for your own family that it expands soon. If it's slow, come back anyway. It's fab to hear from you both. Best of luck. I've got everything crossed. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks a lot. I'd like to thank my guests today, Aaron and Adam. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter at LGBT Adopt Foster and on Facebook search New Family Social, all one word. 
visit our website at newfamilysocial.org.uk. Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next time with more guests and more tea. Thank you.